Hi, you're listening to the Calvary Christian Church Weekly Sermon. We have services at 8.30, 10.30, 12.30, and 5 p.m. every Sunday. For more information, visit our website at calvarychristian.church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, he is for you. He is for me. He is for us. And he is continuing to pour out his glory and grace upon us at Calvary Christian Church. Thank you, worship team. That was Amazing, amazing, amazing. Welcome, everyone. Greetings. Welcome to another week of Calvary Christian Church uh, online. The Lord willing, and I believe he is, uh, I will be welcoming uh, many of you in person very soon as we prayerfully anticipate a return to in-house worship services on August 30th. Please continue to be praying with us Along those lines, first-time visitors, as always, big, big welcome to you. Please be sure to connect with us online so that we can connect with you as well. Also, let me give a big shout-out to all of you who are joining us, not just from all around the country, but literally around the world as more and more of you are checking in with us and saying, hey, we're watching from here, we're watching from there, and uh, just kind of uh, exciting to know that you are here with us, not just in spirit, but literally with us online. Well, we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit here uh, from the Scriptures in recent weeks, and uh, we've been reminded, I've reminded us each week that uh, this fruit is in fact the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not the fruit of our natural, human, fleshly lives, but rather the fruit of the Holy Spirit who is at work within the hearts and lives of those who have become followers of Jesus Christ. It is the nature of God, the nature of God being brought to life or revived within our soul and spirit that was damaged so deeply by the curse of sin. So that when we see the fruit of the Spirit manifested in our lives, we are seeing, we are experiencing and realizing that Christ is indeed alive and well and at work within us. I don't know about you, but church, but I find that very, very exciting. Amen, amen, amen. Well, last week's message was on patience. The fruit of the Spirit is patience, a parishioner told Jackie, my wife, she said, uh, I was really enjoying the message, Jackie, but I just didn't have the patience to stay with it all the way to the end. Can you imagine such a thing? I won't tell you who said that, but her initials are Holly Champa. So God bless you, Holly, right back at you. Don't mess with Pastor Tim, you know. Well, I hope you will stay with me. Uh, Just teasing, Holly, just teasing. I hope you'll stay with me to the end today. We're going to look at two passages to, to launch us off here. Uh, today, Galatians chapter 5, and I've been reading the whole context in recent weeks. Today, I just want to read verse 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 22, here's what we read. But the fruit of the Spirit, but, but, that but is contrasting to what came before, but the fruit of the Spirit as contrasted to the fruit of the flesh or our carnal desires, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience. Today we're looking at kindness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then if you'd go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, Paul, the Apostle Paul, still writing here, and this is what he says. 
Ephesians 4.31, get rid of how much bitterness? Get rid of all bitterness. Now, we just ran into trouble right there for a lot of us, didn't we? Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Look at verse 32. Be kind. Direct command to you and me today. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me for a word of prayer today? Father God, thank you again for this opportunity to gather around your awesome word. Lord, give us ears. Open up our spiritual ears to hear the message you want to speak to us today. Open up our hearts to receive it. And then grant us the grace and the faith and the willingness to, to follow through and to obey, to do that which you would teach us today. Hide your servant behind the cross. And Lord Jesus, our kind and gracious Jesus, may you be high and lifted up today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. So, uh, so many of you liked uh, the contribution from some children last week. Here's another youngster talking to us this week about kindness. Have you ever been kind to someone? Well, there's this girl at school, and I used to ignore her. I felt so sorry for her because hardly anybody was her friend because she did all this goofy stuff, and some boys even made fun of her. So I, I talked to myself a little while while I was at the lunch table with my friends, and I said, that girl needs a friend, and I'm going to try and be, and I'm going to try to make friends with her. And when I tried to, it just happened. We, she was so kind to me. I'm like, this is the friend I need. I forgot how we started to be, become best friends. It just started to happen. And now we like hang out with each other. We try to find each other at recess. We try to sit at the same lunch table if it's not too crowded. We hang out with each other all the time. Well, there you go. Out of the uh, mouths of babes, as we say. Uh, I like some of the things the little girl said there. She said, I used to ignore her. And then she said, I, I talked to myself a little. You know, sometimes we need to give, we need to talk to ourselves. She said, I talked to myself a little. That girl needs a friend. I'm going to try. And when I tried, it just happened. Isn't it amazing what we can do when we just try? Well, today we're going to try to become a little kinder and see what God's word has to say to us about the subject of kindness in the context of it being the fruit of the spirit in our lives. And the first point I want us to note today is that God's kindness is to be shared with everyone, with everyone. I was intrigued by the little girl's comment that, again, I, I used to ignore her. There are many ways in which we are changed as the love of Christ and the fruit of the Holy Spirit begin to work within us. And one of those ways is the awareness that we begin to develop or the sensitivity we begin to experience toward all those around us. You see, God's kindness is something to be shared with everyone. And when God's kindness, this kindness that is the fruit of the Spirit, when it's at work within us, we find it almost impossible to ignore other people and their needs. 
Go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 with me where the Apostle Paul gives us a definition of God's love. We looked at this last week as well and saw that when defining love, God defines it this way. Love is patient. Talked about that last week. The first word God uses to describe love is patience. But notice what the second word is. Love is patient. Love is kind. You know, in one, from one perspective, you can sort of view patience as the passive side of love, that side that requires long-suffering, whereas kindness is the word for the more active side of love. Kindness is love in action. You see, loving someone is more than just waiting for them to get their act together. Loving someone means engaging in acts of kindness to help them get where they need to be. Hello? Come on. Kindness takes initiative, doesn't wait to be asked. But kindness goes out of its way to help and to minister God's goodness to others. So so kind people are people of action. In fact, you are hard-pressed to find a specific definition of kindness in the Bible. Instead, you learn about kindness in the Bible by seeing what kindness does. Seeing what a kind God does and seeing what kind people do. That's why Jesus established his church. To be a group of people who are committed to acts of kindness to help other people. We read about it in Hebrews 10, 24. In response to all he, referring to God, in response to all he has done for us, let us outdo each other in being helpful and kind to each other and in doing good. Let me ask you, has God been kind to us? Then we owe it to others to pass that kindness on. When the church of Jesus Christ was first taking shape, the Romans used to confuse the word Christos with Christos. Christos, C-R-I-S-T-O-S, meaning Christ, and Christos, C-R-E-S-T-O-S, in Latin means kindness. And they would get the two words confused. What a wonderful confusion. If anything ought to be synonymous, it ought to be the words Christian and kindness. Amen. Christians ought to be the kindest people around. At school, at work, and in the marketplace. Around the community and in the neighborhood. Kindness should characterize Christians. I'll never forget years ago, Jackie and I were at a very, very big uh, uh, centennial conference for the Assemblies of God and, and uh, people were gathering. It was a big, big deal and in Springfield, Missouri, our national headquarters and people were coming from all over the world. Over 120 nations of the world were represented at this, uh, this uh, conference, this centennial celebration. And uh, I, of course, wanted to get a good seat and so I was in my obsessive compulsive mode uh, something that Jackie does not have any of so I have to have extra of that to kind of balance us out so we get on our plane on times and things like that but so I said now sweetheart we got to be there early we got to get a good seat the place is going to be packed and it was and thankfully, we got two seats right on the front row of the balcony. How many of you listening and watching from home, you can't wait to get back and be on that front row of the balcony. And man, I'm settling in. I'm getting comfortable. I'm just, this is going to be a great service. The place is packed. People are having to sit on the floor and on the steps. And then Jackie says something to me. She says, Tim, 
You see that couple over there was an African couple, a part of an African delegation from one of the African countries. We knew this because of all where they were all coming from and their, their various uh, forms of dress, just absolutely beautiful. And, and they're having to sit on the steps on the ground. And Jackie says to me, Tim, I think we should give that couple our seats. I very quickly said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, I, I had planned and anticipated. I was excited and pumped up about this. And my kind wife, not kind pastor, my kind wife, well, you know what, I had to give up my seat. And of course, I was real happy about it and rejoicing in Jesus as I sat on the steps for the rest of the service. Kindness. It's really, it ought to come natural or supernaturally, I guess I could say, to those of us who are Christians. Please understand that that's what Calvary Christian Church is all about. It's about bringing out the best of us, about the best in us, and helping everyone to become all that God has intended for us to become, and to do that through regular acts of kindness. You can be a part in kindness by offering to pray with someone who's clearly in need or in a crisis, in kindness buying groceries for someone who is short on cash, in kindness bringing your neighbor's garbage can up to the house. I always like to do that for people in the neighborhood. You know, their garbage can is still sitting out in the street and you just, just take it up to the house for them. In kindness inviting someone to join our services online. In kindness giving someone a Bible or a good book to read like The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, which is now called What on Earth Am I Here For? Or how about actually reading a book on kindness ourselves? It's recommended at the bottom of your outline. I've been giving these books away uh, by Dr. Barry Corey on kindness, loving kindness, discovering the power of a forgotten Christian virtue. I encourage you to pick it up. It's available at christianbook.com, filled with inspirational insight of what it means to be kind. And oh my do we need more kindness today? The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. And the great thing about this fruit is that we, we don't have to wonder about who we're supposed to share it with. We're supposed to share it with everyone. As Christians, we are to demonstrate kindness. Listen carefully, please. Nudge your neighbor. If you got someone on the couch, they're already, their eyes are closed. Just grab them by the foot. Wake them up. We are to demonstrate kindness to everyone. Kindness, listen to Republicans. Kindness to Democrats. And kindness to independents. Kindness to people who are like us and kindness to people who are different from us. Especially those who are culturally or ethnically or economically different from us. Kindness to those who agree with us. And especially kindness to those who disagree with us. Paul gave Timothy this reminder in 2 Timothy 2, 24, and it's a good reminder for all of us today. Look at it with me. A servant of the Lord. Are there any servants of the Lord watching or listening today? Are you a servant of the Lord? Here's what Paul instructs us to do. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Don't you love it when the Bible tells you what you must do or must not do? A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must, there's two must right within a few words, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach 
and be patient with difficult people. Lord knows I've been trying to do that. Look at verse 25. Gently instruct. I'm trying to be gentle today, loved ones. I'm trying to be gentle. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps, just perhaps, God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Please notice the point that Paul is making to Timothy and to all of us who serve the Lord and want to reach others for Christ. And I hope that's your goal. We are to move in kindness toward everyone. Not only because this is the nature and the character of God that is supposed to be at work within us, but because this very demonstration of kindness is the means of grace that God can use to draw people to himself, especially those in trouble and those apart from a relationship with him. So again, point number one, we are to be kind to everyone. But a scriptural study on the subject of kindness reveals that there are some people in particular that we're supposed to be kind to because sometimes when we say everyone, it ends up being no one. We have to get more specific. And in our study on the subject of kindness, we find out that there are some specific particular people who really need to experience the benefit of the fruit of the Spirit at work in our lives. And it might surprise you who some of these people are, which leads us to point number two today, and that is that God's kindness is to be shared. Watch this. You're not going to believe this. God's kindness is to be shared with the wicked and ungrateful. The wicked and ungrateful. The first thing that Jesus says about kindness in the New Testament is that it's to be shared with the wicked and ungrateful. Look at Luke 6, 32 with me. Jesus talking here. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Not getting any credit in heaven for that. Even sinners love those who love them. Verse 33, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. No credit there. Verse 34, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. Verse 35, but Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward, especially in heaven, will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. Watch this, because he is kind, kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. What's Jesus saying? He's saying it's easy to be nice to those who are nice to us. It's easy to be kind to those who are kind to us. And then, of course, sometimes we later discover that they were being nice to us because uh, they had some kind of agenda. They wanted something from us. Anybody ever been set up like that? But Jesus is teaching us that his love, the fruit of his spirit at work within us, turns all of that upside down. People are not impressed when we do something for them, expecting to get something in return. People are impressed, people are amazed, and people have their hearts softened when someone demonstrates the kindness of God to them for no apparent reason. Kindness that's undeserved. Kindness that, quote-unquote, normal people would not show toward the wicked. 
But when we are filled with the Spirit, when we are being led by the Spirit, we are anything but normal people. We are people empowered by the Spirit of a living God, the one who enables us to show kindness to the ungrateful and the wicked. So let me ask you a question today and ask you to be honest with me. The question is not, when's the last time you performed an act of kindness towards someone? The question is, when is the last time you performed an act of kindness for someone who was clearly wicked and ungrateful? For please understand, that is what the kindness of God has done for each of us. And it's that same kindness of God that brings men and women to repentance, according to Romans 2.4. We'll look at that verse a little later. And it's that same kindness of God that's manifested in our lives as the fruit of the Spirit. God pours out his kindness on the wicked and the ungrateful. And according to Jesus, the children of God do the same. And then we learn, point number three today, that God's kindness is to be shared with those needing forgiveness. God's kindness is to be shared with those needing forgiveness. Did you know that one of the kindest things you can do for someone is to forgive them? And did you know that refusing to forgive someone is perhaps the most unkind thing you could ever do to anyone? Listen to Ephesians 4.31 again. We read it at the beginning of the message. Ephesians 4.31, Paul writes, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate, which means tenderhearted. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Here it comes, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. The kindness of God and the willingness to forgive are directly connected. The apostle Paul tells us that in kindness, we are to forgive others as in Christ, God has forgiven us. So what does that look like? Three things. It's in your notes, and I forgot to mention your notes at the beginning. Maybe you can find them online there, print them out, or just take the notes yourself. What does this forgiveness look like? Number one, God's forgiveness is undeserved and unearned. Titus 3, verses 4 and 5 go like this. But when the kindness, but when the kindness, but when the kindness... And love of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us. He forgave us, not because of anything we did to deserve his forgiveness, but because of his kindness and mercy. The love of Christ for us is undeserved. None of us has ever qualified to be loved by Jesus, and yet he loved us anyway. So... Perhaps we're not supposed to insist that people earn our love and our kindness either. Freely we have received, Jesus said, so freely give. Secondly, God's forgiveness settles the accounts and so should ours. Every sin that's ever been, think about this with me, every sin that's ever been committed will be justly punished, either in hell or on the cross. God never sweeps one little thing under the rug Someone always pays. As one writer and theologian put it, when kindness calls us to forgive a wrong that's been done against us, we are sustained by the truth of God's holiness. That wrong is going to be dealt with. Either the person who committed it against us will trust Christ 
in the end, in which case the wrong they committed is punished in the wrath that was poured out on Christ when the Lord laid it on, on him, the iniquity of us all on the cross of Calvary. Or the person who committed the wrong against us is not going to trust Christ in the end, in which case the wrong that they committed will be punished in the sufferings of hell. But in neither case should we fear to forgive as there was no settling of accounts in the universe because there always is. Finally, God's forgiveness, asking what this forgiveness looks like. Number three, God's forgiveness was costly and so is ours. It cost God his son. And it will cost us the sweet taste of revenge and the pleasure of savoring a grudge and the pride of superiority. It must go. Kindness. Kindness must be allowed to win out in the end. For in Isaiah 54 verse 8, God says in a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. Watch this. But with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. That passage references a surge of anger by God. We've all experienced a surge of anger here and there, have we not? But God's surge of anger was overcome by his everlasting kindness. And in his everlasting kindness, he possessed the will to show compassion. He said, I will have compassion on you. So loved ones, Galatians 5.22, it tells us the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. And it's that same kindness that enables us to forgive and to show compassion if we are willing. It's an interesting thing that the Bible scholars have a difference of opinion on what the first word should be. For Ephesians 4.31. So in the King James Version, it goes like this. Let, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. The King James Version scholars suggest that the first word should be let. Let is a passive verb that hints at our inability to show any kindness apart from the help of the Lord. In other words, we have to let or allow him by his spirit to remove these things from our lives. And that is certainly true. But notice the first words in the NIV. Ephesians 4.31 in the NIV go like this. Get rid. Get rid. We need the NIV. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Get rid. So which is it, Pastor Tim? Is it something we do or something we allow the Holy Spirit to do in us and through us? And I know you're not going to like my answer, dear ones, but it's both. It is always a work of God's spirit and grace within us. The fruit of kindness is growing there within us, but we still have to choose to avail ourselves of it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, but we have to choose love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace, but we have to choose to live in that joy and in that peace. And so it is that the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. It is a work of God's grace and His Spirit, but we have to choose to move in that kindness, which means that kindness and forgiveness is a choice. Let me give you one more verse and we'll move on to the last point. 
Colossians 3.12 goes like this. Paul writes, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Talking about clothing ourselves. My daughters have signed me up for something called Stitch Fix, where they send me all these clothes every other month. And, uh, you know, clearly I did not pick out the clothes. And uh, they want me to wear these clothes and uh, trying to get the right size and the right style and something that, you know, I'm going to look cool and hip in and all that. Uh, well, anyway, uh, needless to say, it's, it's quite, an, it's, quite a, a, it's, it's an adventure. Anyway, but Paul says, here's some clothes for you. Here's a stitch fix for you. Clothe yourselves with compassion. What's the next word? Kindness. Kindness. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Notice that all those are the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're being told to clothe ourselves with. Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive. That's what kindness does. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive. It's a command. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. God provides the wardrobe by his grace and spirit. We choose to put the clothes of kindness and forgiveness on or not. How can we be kind like Jesus? By forgiving other people. By not rubbing it in, but rubbing it out. God's kindness should be shared, number one, with everyone. Number two, with the wicked and ungrateful. Number three, with those needing forgiveness. And finally, number four, as the musicians come, God's kindness is to be shared with those needing Jesus. God's kindness is to be shared with those needing Jesus. Do we understand how many people resist God, resist Jesus, because they have the wrong idea or understanding of who God is? A lot of people think God is angry at them, even though he isn't. A lot of people think God is out to get them, to punish them for something they did wrong last week or last year or 10 years ago. A lot of people think God has forgotten about them, ignored them, or just doesn't think about them at all. And yet none of those things are true. In fact, God loves us, loves every single one of us, regardless of who we are or what we have done. And one of the ways he has shown that love is through his kindness. We just read in Isaiah 54 that his kindness is everlasting. It never quits. Let me give you another Old Testament passage. You know the Old Testament that people think is all about hellfire and brimstone from God. Look at Jeremiah 31.3. Here's what we read. Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Watch this. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Unfailing kindness. Maybe you're thinking today, well, God hasn't been very kind to me. My life's been one hardship after another. That may be true, my friend, but please understand that even the hardships that are sent our way come as an act of God's kindness. Kindness to help us understand that we can't find happiness and hope apart from God. Kindness to help us understand that in our brokenness and sinfulness, we need a Savior. And that applies to all of us because all of us have sinned. So that's why God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, God Himself in the flesh, and sent Him to us as a demonstration of His love 
and unfailing kindness. Jesus explained it this way to us, John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's how much God loves us. That's how kind Jesus has been to us. The Apostle Paul explains it like this in Ephesians 2, 7, how that God has shown us the incomparable riches of his grace. Look at this, look at this last part of the verse. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Loved ones, do we get that today? Jesus is the kindness of God to us. And every Christmas we gather with family and friends to celebrate and thank God for his great kindness to us. The kindness of sending us a savior. The kindness of sending us someone to forgive us of our sins. The kindness of sending us someone to lead us and help us through this temporary life, even as we prepare for eternal life with him. Church, oh my, if ever there were one word to describe our God and our Lord, that would surely be the word kindness. Kindness. But maybe, just perhaps, the reason some people don't think he's kind is because they haven't seen much kindness from those who call themselves his followers. How about it, loved ones? If you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you call yourself a child of God, has this fruit of the Spirit called kindness been evident in your life? Have you been kind to everyone, especially those different from you, those with opinions different from yours? Have you been kind to the wicked and the ungrateful? Have you been kind to those needing forgiveness, demonstrating that kindness by actually forgiving them? And finally, have you been kind to those needing Jesus? After all, the only way they will come to know the kindness of Jesus is by the kindness you show to them in his name. If you'd like to see a greater demonstration of God's kindness in your heart and life toward others, would you humble yourself today? Ask God to forgive you for your lack of kindness and choose kindness today. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. And if you're not seeing that fruit in your life, if others are not experiencing that fruit in your life, surely a few moments with the Lord in prayer today and maybe later today and even more this week as you think and ponder and pray about these things in your devotional time, ask God to help you become a kinder person. Finally, to those within the hearing of my voice today who are not followers of Christ, in other words, you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and become Lord of your life. Or maybe you did that many years ago, but somewhere along the way you strayed and went back to your old ways. As you've listened to this message today, you're not sure. You don't know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven to be with the Lord. Can I ask you, how long will you keep the Lord waiting? Or have you misunderstood his patience with you? Romans 2.4, I told you we'd come back to it. Romans 2.4 asks you this question. Don't you see how wonderfully kind 
tolerant and patient God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Two times in one verse, God makes it clear that his patience is a demonstration of his kindness toward us. If you will not respond to his kindness, what is there left to draw you to the one, the only one who can meet every need in your life today? Please do not snub your nose at him yet again. Make today the day you say yes to his kindness and invite him into your heart to be the Lord of your life. Just say a brief prayer, something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God who paid the price for my sins on the cross. I repent of my sins today and ask you to become Lord of my life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer or if you pray it later today or later this week, I want to encourage you to let us know so that we can join with you and help you in this spiritual journey. Maybe if you just did it just now, you can just click on the link on your screen or call us or email us here at the church. We're here to help you in any way we can. Now then, would you all bow your heads and hearts with me as I close in prayer. We sang this song earlier in the service. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, everyone. We love you. We are praying for you. And we will look forward to seeing you next week online as we continue to grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God bless.